Hello and welcome to another fun-filled nonsense retrospective. I'm your host as always, Rick. Joining me equally as always is Devon. Oh, fuck. Um, good soldier, soldiers follow orders? That's a good enough yeah. quote, right? Does that still apply? Yeah, yeah that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, today we're talking about The Bad Batch, specifically Season 2. But before we get too far into any of that, you know, you, you all know the drill. We're going to start with our good old time on a tradition of the nonsense asinine hypotheticals. And do you have one for me today? I'm going to steal a segment from another gentleman's segment on a different podcast that's completely unrelated to our own uh namely rick do we need him <laughs> um good old, good old carl pilkington <laughs> so, so with that in mind assuming there is absolutely no ecological repercussions like you get to do it for free there's no negative impact you just remove the creature and obviously you can't do this in real life but fuck it who gives a shit uh pick an animal it's gotta go now you can be broad and say cats but that would mean every single cat from lion to house cat or you could be super specific like the uh, uh the ibex and only the ibex because as we know it's the dickhead of antelopes <laughs> I'm going with the mosquitoes this is one that I've, I've this is one that's um, asked quite a lot like if you can remove an animal uh, mosquito is my go-to yes it's a food animal but I've know. already removed that problem for you yeah <laughs> if mosquito the problem with uh, getting rid of every mosquito without the ecological uh, uh, no ecological impact rule is that unfortunately the reality is mosquitoes feed so many fucking creatures that if you get rid of them it would devastate state ecosystems yeah um so frogs for instance they uh, they like eating mosquitoes like a lot of the frogs and toads in florida for instance just thrive on mosquitoes fish thrive on their uh, bloodworm and everything um but yeah when there's no when there's no repercussions they gotta go like spreading malaria no being annoying no biting you and making you bleed and just making it itch like a bitch no like (sighs) they don't have a single redeeming feature to a modern human this is very <laughs> true. Gone. So, uh, how about you? What would you remove from the universe if they had no um, ecological or other otherwise impact? Well, my, my answer was actually the same as yours. So I'm going to change it ever so slightly because it's the other animal that I fucking hate. And I think you know what I'm going to say. It's the bastard yeah. panda. <laughs> I fucking hate them. They're so fucking useless. And I'm pretty sure you could take the panda out with no ecological repercussions. But, you know, even if they did, fuck them. They're gone. Do you like pandas because they look cute? You're fucking part of the problem. (laughs) Yeah. And there are... I think aren't all pandas in captivity licensed by uh, by the Chinese Communist Party? Uh, well, I don't know if that's technically correct. They are all owned by China. I don't know if the fine print says specifically the Communist Party. Yeah, and they're they're loaned out as basically political favors, but they're also a like a super white elephant that you give this panda to a nation, and this nation now has to take care of the panda. Yes, they get a little bit of tourism for the, because of the panda, but they are they have the burden of panda <laughs> like for real man like ueno zoo when i went there they had pandas and they were the only animals that didn't look miserable yeah yeah, yeah. their enclosure yeah. was three times the size of anyone else's it was lush it looked like chinese jungle rather than everything else that was in a concrete paddock which you know f- speaks volumes i suppose fuck them they need to go <laughs> yeah the ones in uh, edinburgh zoo they also had a big enclosure then again it wasn't that big of an enclosure it was just the fact that it was only two pandas that had it and only one of them would be out at once because you know if they're if they're together when they're not breeding they fight so it's one of these things the number of creatures that humanity have caused to go extinct not least the dodo versus the one that they're trying to keep alive the panda that's literally trying to extinct itself you know what i'm i'm legitimately bummed out about the dodo because the reason why the dodos got fucked up by the way in case people didn't know is they um they were super docile because they had no natural predators so humans turned up and found out dodos taste 
fucking great. So it was very easy to catch them because they just come up like inquisitive puppies and then they get banged on the head and eaten. Uh, not to mention the fact that uh, human settlers also had dogs and because they came on ships, they brought rats. Yes. Um, so it was like a triple whammy. Like the um, bonk on the head thing would, was a double thing that one of them would come up to see what the human was doing, get bonked and eat. And then another one would come to see what where their dodo friend had gone, get bonked and eat. Like they didn't do themselves any favours. <laughs> well, that's that's just it though, isn't it? Like if you evolve with no natural predators, you have got no survival instinct because you just live. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. I'm sure there's a metaphor in there about, uh, you know, getting rid of war, but whatever. But yeah, I think... Um... <laughs> Goss over that, shall we? Um, but yeah, I think those were two solid fucking answers. Uh, not least because your answer was kind of my answer as well, because it's just such a no-brainer. Yeah, my 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 primary answer was your primary answer, so you got you got the uh, the benefit of going falling back on your <laughs> your heart answer rather than your head answer. Well, with that in mind, then Rick, do you want to give your heart answer as well, seeing as I had the opportunity to vent about pandas? Like to be honest, do mosquitoes again? <laughs> you can't do mosquitoes again. Uh, but yeah, if you want to move on, we'll move on. Yeah. We'll move on. My one for you is you get to add a supernatural being or species like mummies or vampires or werewolves to an existing franchise that doesn't have them. What do you pick? What franchise do you choose? And what is their effect? Man, you were right when you said you had a broad question today. Not least of all because most of the things I think of kind of have analogs to most supernatural beings. Yeah, like adding werewolves to Dark Souls. Technically, they don't have werewolves, but they got like literally everything else apart from being called werewolves. I mean, Dark Souls 3 has lycanthropes, you just don't see them in human form. And then, yeah. and then you make the jump to fucking Bloodborne. Yeah, and there's the dude that turns into a beast as soon as you attack him, and if you don't attack him, then he kills everyone in the place that you send him to. Well, yeah, but you send him to Yosefka, so he's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> He gets turned into a he gets turned into a grey and you can loot him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. That's uh that's something I'm gonna have to think about for a second. So here's me trying to fill time as I think. Like I can't even say something like Game of Thrones because White Walkers is the supernatural element in that, and that's just zombies. Like vampires are just super zombies when you I'm I'm oversimplifying it a bit, and werewolves kind of exist in the sense that wargs exist and they can take over wolves' brains, so can't do anything fun with that. Uh obviously Pokemon and Digimon's a moot point because they've got things that will kick their ass and or are just analogues anyway. Yeah, yeah. Now here's a fun one, like, adding things to Pokemon would be kind of funny if it's very obviously a part human creature and people just treat it like a Pokemon anyway. So you, you just add Gorgons to Pokemon, for instance, and like there's these people trying to catch Medusa the Gorgon. <laughs> it's like a legendary Pokemon. Yeah, but here's the problem with that one is that um, everyone would immediately flip their shit for this new species of Pokemon because they're like, oh man, it knows more than four moves. Yep, and it can speak without being called Meowth or Mewtwo. <laughs> or any psychic type. But, um... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think I've managed to come up with something. I don't know if it's the most ingenious, but uh, broad question gets a broad answer. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd put a special combat mode into Fire Emblem. We'll, we'll put either either Free Houses or um, Engage. Those are those are the two most recent ones. I'd, I'd put a special mode in where uh, it's basically vampire mode and you fight on a vampire map, you fight against vampires a la Dracula and Alucard and whatever the girl one's called from Castlevania and um, <laughs> if you're uh, it's a special game mode so you, you, you don't have the infinite respawn thing it's not a campaign it's just a one time deal map special DLC crossover if one of your units gets beaten in combat they turn into a thrall and instantly work for the other side you can't get them back okay okay uh, so try not to lose any units motherfucker <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, yes I like that. this was your question so hopefully you've got a more thought out answer than I do <laughs> 
Well, yes, I'd, uh, they've kind of already got zombies in Star Wars, but they don't actually have a straight-up uh, vampire, I don't think. Um, oh, I bet you they fucking do. Oh, yeah, totally. So, oh, shit, they've even got werewolf. It's spelt wrong, but it's from the worst Star Wars book. Oh, wank. <laughs> Did you not do, do suitable research on your own fucking question? I was <laughs> going to put werewolves in Star Wars, but I remembered that they've now got a thing called a werewolf with, with, with spelt with, like... A Y. Yeah, it's spelt with a Y, and the the wolf is with a you um and apparently it's like a it's like a pokemon it starts out as like a really cute wolf and then it turns into just like a normal humanoid that's like got six arms yeah that's normal yeah <laughs> Oh man! But it's it's meant it's a six-legged wolf, which is why it's meant to be. You've got some kind of parity between the two, but they enter like a cocoon stage at some point, and then completely change what the fuck they are. It's stupid. Uh, this is the one that also has the eldritch horror thing that eats itself and disappears up its own asshole rather than be destroyed. Are we still talking about Star Wars? Yeah, it's the <laughs> worst Star Wars book. <laughs> uh, if it's any consolation, it's probably no longer canon. Oh, it's definitely no longer canon. It's called the Crystal Star. Um, they do some interesting things, like um, the Solo kids slow down the um, atomic bounce rate of water and turn it into ice with force. Like, when you get down to it, just using science on matter with the force would do something like that. But that's like the only redeeming feature of the entire fucking book. <laughs> so you hit it here uh, first, folks. You can do as much bullshit, stupid sci-fi stuff you want in your science fiction novel, as long as at one point you get to use space magic to do that said science bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like this is nothing that a fridge couldn't solve, but they, they all they had at the time was a was the force, and when your only tool is a hammer, every every uh, every problem looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd put uh, I'd put werewolves into Star Wars. I thought we long... I thought we were discounting this, but okay, I guess we're still doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting I'm putting proper werewolves into Star Wars, proper lycanthropes, um, and I'm probably gonna put them into uh, stories alongside like death troopers and things like that, or not death troopers, plague troopers, the ones that are actually dead so you've actually got a different supernatural being to contend with and possibly one that you can ally with against something that is like an existential threat of just dead stormtroopers I guess but is a werewolf going to be more terrifying than a, than a wampa especially a wampa in um <laughs> in oh what was the fucking game with the fucking dash render oh shadows of the empire yeah we're on the first level you're on half and if you let the wampa out just say fucking rip to everyone including yourself <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, because it's lycanthropes, you can be anything. So th- there might even be a strain of werewomper. Rick, I don't it's like just, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's your question it's just... and it's your fantasy booking, but I don't have to like it, sir. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like werebears for Star Wars. But yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about the Bad Batch. So last time we talked about it pretty much episode by episode. I think we're going to be do- doing pretty much the same thing this time. We start with episode one, Spoils of War. I will say this. We're probably going to skim over a lot more episodes because despite every episode being fun and even the filler was fun there was some fucking filler oh yes definitely <laughs> uh, the... but you say we start we with talk, episode about... one in reality we're starting with episode one slash two because it's a two-parter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. didn't mean to yeah, talk I about think... you there sorry yeah we spoke about it on the on the main show when we were watching it but yeah very definitely existential crisis then going into pod racing well just let's just <laughs> let's just straight up fucking say it right the the episode title is the solitary clone pretty fucking dramatic and the next episode is called faster yeah 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 <laughs> yeah 
episode one and two, the the Bad Batch, Clone Force ninety nine, Havoc Squad, whatever you want to call them, um, minus minus Crosshair for obvious reasons, go to try and raid Count Dooku's um, bank account on yeah. on Sir, on his homeworld of Sereno. Yeah, I was quite interested by this because yeah, like he would have a war chest and it would be left over. However, of course, the Empire knows everything about it already because the Empire was his boss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Or at least Sidious was his boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't remember if I said this on main show or not, but I'll I'll say it here just for good measure. Um, I did not recognise Omega for about five minutes because of her growth yeah. spurt and uh, design change. I was like, oh fuck, yeah, of course, yeah, of course, because it's been like at least a year in universe, I assume, with the Bad Batch doing missions. Yeah, she's had a little growth spurt. Like it was very easy for me to just like accept it and move on. Oh, but... I accepted it and moved on. It just took me a minute to trig that it was Omega talking, despite it being her fucking voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she's she takes the most risks in these two episodes. Um, she kind of disregards her own well-being more than she should to make sure that the crew has enough to eat. Yeah, this these first two episodes were slightly annoying on the Amiga aspect, just because I thought we were over this. Yeah. And this is more or less the last time it shows up. Like, she still has occasional outbursts of, no, I need to do this. And usually they pay off because she doesn't do it all the fucking time anymore. But, yeah. um, you know... It was very frustrating, but yeah, we got over it. I think the um, the best example of it is when, like, towards the end, Rekka goes, I can't stealth. Omega, go stealth. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the entire gang is, like, recognising what her talent are. Yeah, that, that, that is certainly part it. of it, for sure. Um, but yeah, so, um, the main character we meet here is a Sereno native who the gang treat as a separatist, but he's like, no, I'm, before I was lumped in with all of that, I was a native of this planet. Like, doesn't he even make a point of saying that Dooku pissed off a lot of people? <laughs> yes. Like, a lot of people, pretty much everyone on the planet who wasn't aligned with Dooku's views pretty much went underground and have been since the Clone Wars started. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, um, I, do, I do like this old man trying to fucking make Omega remember she's a kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, even though she's older than the rest of the clones. That's a technicality and you know it. Yeah, definitely. Because the other clones have had basically like information and maturity plugged into their brains. Yeah, because that's the thing you got remember is the yeah the thing that they've got that advances aging uh, advances aging physically but also it kickstarts maturity like you the least mature you're gonna be is that is literally puberty yeah um the, for most people anyway yeah because even even when they're at the uh, the the kid boba stage like they're already being conditioned into being warriors mm. there's a um, lot of uh, ethical fucked up stuff to go on with the clones uh, to oh be totally 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 like <laughs> the fact that they're tra- tra- like um barely human equipment is like a big deal in this series. It, it is. This season it, in particular. It's in, in case you forgot that um, essentially the universe as a whole treats clones as droids but with skin. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they even say like decommission the clone as if they're just another piece of equipment. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah, they do but at the same time when soldiers are being paid they're considered as commissioned. Oh yeah, totally. But they weren't intending to give them pensions until it was fought for. Yeah, I mean they, they never did give them pensions did they? No, they ended up not doing that. As, as we, like we even see in Kenobi there's like still a hobo clone that uh, Obi-Wan comes across and there's a 95% chance that that clone recognised Obi-Wan and just didn't say a fucking word yep because snitches get stitches <laughs> and it's uh, it's been quite a while since he heard uh, Order 66 in his brain well considering he was homeless and essentially begging I imagine that he had more similarities with the Jedi at that point than he did with a stormtrooper yeah totally man we got a bit off topic but yeah well it's not off topic <laughs> but you know strayed from the path shall we say 
But yeah, the um, the raid on Dooku's war chest essentially mostly fails. I'd say um, it entirely fails. Did they even get a chest? I can't remember. I think they got a couple of coins out of it. Like, basically nothing. Like, it wasn't worth it. No, definitely not. Uh, next one we go into is Replacement. Oh, no, no, that's season one, sorry. It's uh, the Solitary Clone. Uh, well, just very quickly, is at the end of the second episode here, Vice Admiral Rampart um, l- learns that Clone Force... The reason why Clone Force 99 has been able to actually do a bunch of stuff is because most of the people on the other team think they're dead and gone because of Kamino. Yeah. Um, um, Admiral Rampart in particular is um, is there just covering up their tracks within the Empire mm-hmm. because he wants to be the one to tie off all loose ends and claim all credit for it. So, yes, they're technically being helped by the villain against their knowledge. Well, then, this aspect's not really being helped because he still he still knows he has to deal with it, but he's just covering... Yeah, I guess he is kind of helping them, but he, he's not. Um, this was the first time in the series I got truly frustrated with the bad guys because uh, there's a clone trooper that straight up reports to Rampart and says, look, mm. I think it was this. And he goes, cool, you shut your fucking mouth. And the trooper's like, well, I'm not going to do that. And then he gets shot in the fucking head. And mm-hmm. and it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. why? Why? <laughs> Did, why? Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating. But uh, as we learn later, Rampart is the starter villain. Oh, Rampart's the fucking patsy. <laughs> but yes, um, episode three, the solitary clone. This is, uh, Crosshair is assigned to Cody. And Cody, this is Cody's time to, like, tap out and become a, a free agent as it were yeah i've got to admit this was probably my favorite episode for the longest time like i think so yeah because it's it's showing a more intricate version of um the birth of the empire because cody was the one that was with obi-wan and he's the only one that gets a name in yeah, the original movies yeah i don't think even rex get, well rex doesn't show up in the movies at all does he yeah rex was brand new like yeah. when i first saw the clone wars movie um which was just a long episode i was like why have they made a new character when they already had commander cody and i'm like Okay. A few years later, Rex grew on me. <laughs> I think Rex grew on everyone. <laughs> yeah, Rex grew on everyone. Uh, it helped that he was like a super arc trooper, so, you know, and that he was cool. <laughs> All of the clone troopers are cool when they're allowed to be characters. Yes. <laughs> Zoom in on any clone. Give them a character. They're cool. Zoom like, out. Turn them into cannon fodder, and they're just droids. Like, um, I uh, I got linked something not too long ago of uh, best, best death scenes, and one of them was a clone trooper whose name escaped me. He was a grenade specialist, and uh, I believe he was actually partnered with with Rex for a mission. And sure. they all escape. They escape the thing. He stays behind, and he has to manually detonate a, a, a bomb thing. He crawls to the detonator thing. A bunch of droids surround him, and they, they have their blasters pointed at him. And they just go, um, "Do we take prisoners?" And the trooper just goes, "I don't," and fucking slams it and blows up the building. It's fucking epic. Yeah. <laughs> Good old clone mentality. Yeah, man. Uh... But but the thing is, is all the other clones in the squad. I still have um, radio communication and I'm screaming for him to just leave it. Yeah. Um, apparently, Crosshair brings up that other clones have also been rebelling. So this is the first time that we get to know this as viewers, even though... Yeah, us as viewers, of... but like, I consider myself a rather casual Star Wars fan in that I... Because if I compare myself to you, I am. But um, <laughs> it, even I'm aware that clone troopers deserted in droves after a certain point. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, like we say, this is the one where Crosshair stays with the Empire and he keeps doing his good soldiers follow orders thing of my country right or wrong and Rex ain't about that and uh, Cody. Cody Cody's not about that and Cody leaves yeah like and... it, in case you wanted to, okay, here's the thing is I knew that Separatist leader was dying the moment that the episode started but it still really fucked me off that Crosshair pulled the trigger mm-hmm. it, it's perfectly in line with the character but I was I was really mad at, <laughs> I was really angry at Co- uh, Crosshair <laughs> 
<laughs> and like it, it just—he's made it apparent, uh, crosshair that is, that he's not under the inhibitor chip's influence. These are all decisions that he is deciding to make. Yeah, and well, he, it's one of those. Like he could have—he uh, could have lied about it, but why would he? Well, here's the thing: is again, the Empire and the Imperial officers are making it a point time and time and again that they don't see the clones as humans. And crosshair got his first extra taste of that when he reported to um, uh, the. Admiral dude. Yeah, Rampart. Yeah, uh, when he reported to Rampart and said, uh, I'm not being assigned to Cody, and he just goes, who the fuck's Cody? And he has to give the number because, you know, you're not a human. Yeah, yeah. Like, even he doesn't have a have a, have a uh, human name when, when he talks to Rampart. The yeah. uh, the only person that uses his name are other clones. Yeah, um, and that's also a plot point later. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I use my words very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yes, uh, we get to episode four, which is the oh boy, let's go from ex- existential crisis and a crisis of faith and like defecting from the actual country that you serve to yay racing. Uh, for real, I actually like this episode, but because I was watching pretty much when there was like three episodes left to come out, I watched this straight after the last one, and boy, is it fucking jarring. Yeah. <laughs> I um, um go on. Uh, the droid that's introduced in this, Teo, is voiced by Ben Schwartz, who also voices Sonic in the Sonic movie. Um, which is why you know he's smug and wants to go fast. Yeah, didn't you also say this fella um is the fella who's always on the phone and everything? I think so. He's, he's the. Um, you said he was in jo- um Renfield. Yes, he's the um he's the he's the secondary. Well, he's the villain in Renfield. Yeah, he's or the rival character in Renfield. Rival in quotation marks, but yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen this actor in. Uh, He's in, um... He's in Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah, but I, I haven't seen that. But I watched Space Force, and he's in that. And it, it, it's, it's, he's always got the same shtick, and that is he's anno- annoying millennial always on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they already had that in Parks and Rec with Tom, so they just made him into a, just a double annoying person. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Um, this is the first episode where tech gets a lot of focus, and in hindsight, it's very obvious why tech gets a lot of episodes this season. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's one of those where, yeah, Tech is possibly the best person for the job for what they do with this because he's got, he brings it up later in the series that they've been alluding to him being, you know, on the spectrum and it makes him think differently makes him disregard his own safety when he can logic his way into danger and out of it in the same plan. But that's just it, isn't it? It's like, even before this season, Tech has always acted more machine than man and not to knock anyone who's on the spectrum, but that's kind of been his gimmick. Yeah, even next to Echo, who literally is more machine than man. Yeah, but Echo's uh, a bog-standard clone trooper in every other regard. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's that's kind of the um, that's the narrative juxtaposition of the two. That, that Tech has been raised with his differences and has leaned into it, whereas Echo has had these differences thrust upon him, and if it weren't for the fact that he was captured and turned into a, into a droid brain, that he would just be a normal clone, or dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, um, Tech did good in this episode. I, um, yeah, I got really fucking annoyed at the end with, uh, with Sid getting off the hook and the main villain character going, don't trust Sid because I was like, I thought Clone Force 99 already didn't trust Sid. Yeah, it's one of these where Sid has been generally reasonable. No, she and... hasn't. <laughs> I think you've you've forgotten most of season one. Yeah, and um, even when even when they're bargaining with her, she's like, okay, just as just just this once, I'll give you almost an equal share as a sink token of for good faith, and it's still like she's keeping the fucking lion's share of everything that they do. Yeah, no, the, her whole gimmick is, I'm helping you out, and the reason why I'm taking a shit ton of 
your money essentially is because I've not turned you into the Empire yet. Yeah. Yep, she al- she always has that unspoken threat hanging above the the Force's uh, head, and they uh, they never seem to take it seriously, and it really fucks me off the way this season ends. Yeah, later in the season, it beca- it's, it's less of an unspoken threat and more of a spoken threat when she's uh, when they've not reported to her in quite some time. Yeah, that's and, just it. I can't uh, remember what episode it is, but there's an episode where Hunter just straight up says, "Yeah, no, we're not going back there." Yeah, <laughs> I think it's at the start of the uh, the New Home arc. Uh, may- it happens way before then, I think. Yeah, but yeah, next episode we get Fee. Yeah, yeah, they so, try really, they they really push Fee and Tech maybe being a thing, but they never yeah, quite pull the trigger on it. And it's all on Fee's side. Like she likes him, she thinks he deserves you know a hug, and he's like, "I'm standing here because it's the optimal place to stand." Yeah, uh, and, and, and and us as viewers all know that Tech's fucking lying. Yeah. <laughs> But it's one of those where, like, I think if... Here's the thing. Because of the nature of Fee's character in that she's effectively a pirate, but a good pirate, um, yeah. she she is always going to be on the flirtatious side and use double entendre, entendres and just be suggestive. That won't work on tech. No. <laughs> To, to the point that if it was going to work on him at any point, the way that it would work would be to, to go, aha, you used a double entendre. What you actually said was this, but what you actually meant to say was your vagina. <laughs> or something like that. that, that, like, that, that hearing kind of... those words actually made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. That's how tech feels all the time. Yeah. When someone tries to use something like that on him. Use something like that on him. Having it pointed out taken, takes all the fun out of it. Oh, it's just say, overtly saying, I want you to smash my vagina sounds like a gross turn of phrase <laughs> i i like the i like the prettying up of sex talk <laughs> <laughs> Man, all I can think of after uh, when you said smash my vagina with was the <laughs> Robo Gerardo with, with a fucking hammer. <laughs> okay, I get what you're saying, but as soon as you said that, my brain actually went to South Park and Cartman being a dick because he doesn't know how girls work. Oh, yeah. But yeah, um, this episode's the episode which uh, I told, I warned you about a little bit and said, yo, look out for the end of episode five because Arceus shows up. Yes, yeah, it was cool, wasn't it's, it? It's just Arceus, but made of machines. <laughs> like, look at yeah. the design next to Arceus. I'm not exaggerating. Totally. Um, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of the um, the Horizon Zero Dawn dinosaur robots as well. I didn't play that game, so I'm blissfully unaware. I've not played it, but like I've seen them. Uh, here's the thing: like, is I don't look at stuff from games if I have no intent on playing them. You know. Okay, but like the one that's on the box art or whatever, it's basically a Brachiosaurus with like a triangle for a head. Sure. So what you're describing is a Megazord. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah, nobody knows where this giant droid thing came from, but it was buried there for a long-ass time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it starts doing its Godzilla blast, and, yeah, they uh, they basically shut it down with a self-destruct. Yeah, the, the very thing they sought, they had to give up. Yep, yep. Um, but, yeah, this is basically Fee's major introductory episode. Yeah, like, I, uh, I believe she's in the beginning of the first episode just talking a bit of shit, but this is the one yep. where she actually joins the batch for a mission. And it's quite a fun episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could watch this episode on your own and... and be fine not on your own on its own yeah yeah uh, next we have Gunji the um, the tribe episode with uh, little Jedi Wookiee boy okay here's the thing is I haven't watched all the Clone Wars I didn't know uh, Gungi was a thing so I was like oh it's a Wookiee that's fucked up and then when he pulled out a lightsaber I shit you not I yelled at my TV shouting Wookiee Jedi Wookiee Jedi <laughs> why yes 
<laughs> the um the only other Wookiee Jedi that I know of in the old canon was um, Chewbacca's nephew. Yeah, because uh, all of the fucking main cast had kids or you know young relatives that ended up being Luke's pupil. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chewbacca had a son called like Lumpy or something, but his uh, his nephew was Lobacca, which is just a way better name. <laughs> but Lumpy appears in the Star Wars special, so of course it's got to be shit. I feel like, I feel like all of these names are not good, Rick. Oh, yeah, Why would yeah. you name your kid Lumpy? Well, it's uh, I think it's actually Lumpawarump. That's not better. Because, uh, <laughs> because Chewbacca gets shortened to Chewy. Uh, Lump Lumpawarump gets shortened to Lumpy. Oh. So you got Chewy and Lumpy, the, the two things that you don't want your uh, your custard to be. You're describing uh, Ratsick. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this episode's a, a nice, uh, a nice bit of change of pace, but mostly because we get a change of scenery in the form of Kashyyyk. Yeah, we do. Uh, we get Omega being able to, you know, um, have a friend in Gunji. Yeah. Also, we get to reiterate that Trandoshans are bastards. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> th- th- they hunt Wookies for sport, which is why it's such a big deal that Black Kasantan has like multiple Trando pelt because he's like turning it back on them. I really want to see that character's fucking origin story on film. Yeah. I just g- give me something like that character just stood around be like I sent you a picture of him after his debut despite not knowing much about the character because all you needed was his first episode and it was just like the very definition of fuck around and find out yeah <laughs> I want to see him kicking ass and taking names which he only got to do for about two minutes because Boba Fett's show was about Boba Fett mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Boba Fett has to win and, and then Cassandra just becomes like basically he, he fills the role that like the Hulk fills in the Avengers so when he's zoomed out from himself he's just a muscle and he gets sent to do muscle things and he's also the one that gets fucked up the most apart from Boba yeah because he fucking took names yeah <laughs> like, uh, fucking yeah. put Cad Bane against him and I bet you the Wookiee wins not because he's a better shot but because he could probably take a couple and get within striking range depends how far apart they start but yes I mean fuck me Boba took him in melee yeah if you can get into melee with Cad Bane you might win because Cad Bane is a better shot than anything else like oh dude like I, I love the I, I love I'll say this time and time again it, it's a reference to season one where Cad Bane showed up in Bad Batch. See, it is relevant. Fuck you. Um, yeah, where Hunter and Cad Bane had a fucking showdown. Proper fucking Western style. And the reason why Cad Bane is awesome is because he knows when he has time to aim. Yeah. He sees Hunter and he goes, he could probably actually outshoot me, but I could beat him on the draw. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those where one of the biggest skills for veteran bounty hunters is knowing what style to go for when taking on an opponent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Cad Bane had to fight, um, the Wookiee in question. I can't remember how to say his name. What, um, Black Cassandan? Yeah, that's the one. Because it's not spelt like that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Cassandan. But yeah, um, I imagine Cad Bane would do absolutely everything in his power not to get close. Mm, mm. Like, the only reason he slipped up with Boba is Boba learned all his melee skills when Cad Bane had fucked off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tangent yeah, aside. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. go on. This, this, this episode gets solved by um, the Wookiees asking the trees very nicely to ask the spiders very nicely to murder all the Trandos, so they do. <laughs> yeah, so this is probably what was you know how the story goes that originally the uh, the ending of Jedi was going to be taking place on Kashyyyk rather than Endor's moon? Yes. So this is probably like the best middle ground and best example to see what that would have been like. Yeah, because last time we saw Kashyyyk we saw the coast. Yeah. Which is like the least Kashyyyk bit of Kashyyyk ever. It's also the bit of Kashyyyk they fucking put in Star Wars Battlefront 2 for the PlayStation 2. Oh yeah, because they already had like what the what that bit of it looked like. Mm. Whereas yeah, most of Kashyyyk is uh, Thick ass jungle. Endor squared. Yeah, it's Endor squared, like colossal trees. Mm-hmm. It, it just so threw me when I was 
watching it for the first time that that was meant to be Kashyyyk because he, he, it just looks like a nice beach to go and visit. Yeah, yeah, except, yeah. except droids are there. <laughs> we did get to see those dumb vehicles again though with the giant fucking rings that are useless. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love those things just because they look cool. Yeah. Pointless, um, but cool. And yeah, I think this is actually the closest thing to a happy ending that they achieve. Like, they get Gunji home to his tribe, they, they drive out the Trandos and uh, they just move on with their lives. Then we get to the clone conspiracy. Well, one second we did get an awesome scene of uh, everyone hates Wookiee food except Rekka who fucking loves it. No, Rekka loves any food. But, but Rekka starts just fucking takes the fucking whole bowl off of them and starts chugging it down and everyone looks in weird except the Wookiees who are getting fucking hype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as you say, the next episode is a two-parter, and I wasn't watching along currently with the show at the time, so these two actually released on the same day, which, good, two-parters should. Yes, I think the first two released on the same day as well, didn't they? They did indeed, they did indeed. Yeah, so we've got The Clones Conspiracy and Truth and Consequences at 7 and 8. These it's, are some... It's basic, yeah. This is the mid-season. It is, it is. Uh, these are some pretty serious episodes. Big plot goes down. Yeah, we get the new character, Senator Chuchi, who, for the first, like, however long, I thought was just Omega in disguise. Yeah, I got the same voice <laughs> yeah I, I i never i never saw it and then later on we like obviously it's not omega and when we see her next to omega omega is even shorter and it's just that chuchi is from a smaller race but not as short as a child <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, I did make the same assumption that you did with the sniper. Yeah, like, they go so hard in on making it look like it's very obviously crosshair to the point that it can't possibly be. Yeah, it, exactly. It's like, that's probably crosshair, and then you think about it for two seconds, and you're like, actually, it, it looks a bit too skinny to be crosshair. Or, not skinny, yeah. the armour yeah. looks too skinny, you know what I mean? The armour looks too basic for crosshair, yeah. Uh, apparently, the clone's name is Clone X. Who gives a fuck? He's gone. Yeah, um, he's the first of many that give us the cop-out of, oh, I'm going to bite my teeth and electrocute myself to death, so you're not going to get out. Yeah, like, in case you wanted more uh, references to Nazis, uh, this this was a very common thing. More so with high-ranking ones than people they'd send on fucking hits and actual soldiers, where a lot of high-ranking Nazis would have cyanide on them. Um, there are stories of some having them put into teeth, but I've never seen them verified. That seems to be the thing made up by spy novels. But, uh, yeah, a very common thing is, oh, the enemy's coming, I've done some shit, and I am guilty, so... Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I, they're not going to torture it out of me. <laughs> I might as well uh, take this on my own uh, on my own terms. Like, the, the problem with putting it in your teeth is if you get, like, a cavity and it just starts leaking. <laughs> well, yeah, but again, not really a thing that can happen with, with the technical, magical world of Star Wars. Nah, nah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we see a couple of other people in this. Like, this. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, Rick. I'm sorry. I just need to get this out where it would be awful for me because if there's any slight change to my teeth, I keep poking that area with my tongue. And I could just oh, totally. Just like uh, we've put cyanide in this tooth. All you need to do is crunch really hard on this one specific spot, and there's me five minutes later just constantly jabbing out in my teeth. And ten minutes later, yeah. mysteriously died. <laughs> yeah, mysteriously died, and there's a smell of almond. <laughs> <laughs> Mysterious smell of almonds. <laughs> That's um, the fucking name of the episode if we were allowed to. <laughs> yeah, so we see like the inner workings of the Senate, how Palpatine does not give one tenth of a fuck about what the senators do until he does. It's um, one of those where we're at that tentative stage where he's not taken he's taken the role of Emperor, but he's not completely dominated the Senate yet. He's still putting on the charade. Yeah. He, he's done the thing where he says the Senate will be organized into the first galactic empire, and then he fucked off to his bedroom and like um I don't know, played Mario. Mario Kart in his pajamas. Now what he was doing is he was he was fucking masturbating to the thought of like I finally done it. Oh, I 
and Vader's a little bitch. <laughs> Making Vader watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! No, you can't do that! <laughs> <laughs> Using Vader's old hand. <laughs> okay, okay. Replaced. Yeah. Okay, it's For no longer strange. funny. Now you've just uh, you've taken it too far. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what was her name, Vader? Pedamami or... <laughs> Oh no, my Um But yeah, the um, the whole point was of this was uh, that other people are now starting to suspect Rampart, other than you know our guys and the fact that we as viewers have been watching Rampart. And um, it leads into the second part of this episode where Rex gets the. Uh, Tells them about the Rampart's Venator class Star Destroyer, mm-hmm. which is currently parked, and they can go and find all of the um, all of the data and just download all his emails and uh, and prove that he's been a little bitch. Yeah, and in typical Star Wars fucking fashion, they literally get it in two seconds before the the, the, the cutoff point. Yeah, the, the whole thing of in Star Wars, like travel time, is bullshit. <laughs> like, it um, happened in every- Clone Wars with Ahsoka's trial. Is they they Anakin managed to fix it two seconds before she was sentenced. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's a trope at this point I'm sure oh yeah like this 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 super convenient timing and Star Wars isn't the only one that's guilty of it but we're talking about Star Wars so we're going to point at Star Wars examples yeah (laughs) it's most egregious in the episodes because there's many of the episodes Mm -hmm. but it also happens in the movies as well so yeah movies is a bit more forgivable because you got a runtime. yeah like the the biggest one in the movies was when in in my opinion is when the clone troopers show up in Attack of the Clones oh yeah that that one was that one was fucking bullshit but at the same time it was clearly put in because this will look cool. Yeah. <laughs> Although they did have like the two second foreshadowing of uh, all the Jedi just popping up in the um, in the Colosseum in the in the wing. I, I do love how like um, and yes, we'll bring it up. Like every other person who talks about it brings it up. That Samuel ja- L. Jackson's one of the reason why he wanted a purple lightsaber wasn't just because he likes purple. Although that was a motivating factor. Um, it was because he knew there was this giant arena battle scene and he wanted to be able to see himself. Yeah. <laughs> and I gotta be honest of you I respect that yeah totally totally also if don't forget um... his lightsaber hilt has bad motherfucker written on it yeah uh... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we glossed a bit over Clone X, but you know he's just an assassin. He gets gets dealt with. Um, in this one, Rampart very actually he actually does get thrown under the bus. So yeah. when they get all the data, Palpatine just comes up and goes, "Yeah, you fucked up, you dickhead." This and is then a- just gets him more <laughs> court-martialed. Yeah, this is another example of Palpatine's planning. In that every single pal- every time Palpatine makes a plan, he wins no matter what because he's got Plan A and he's got Plan B. The Galactic Civil War was great because it didn't matter what side won. Yeah, yeah. And then you got this where, okay, if Rampart is as competent as he claims he is, and I have my fucking doubts, then this will go nice and smoothly. If Rampart inevitably fucks this up, this is what I'm going to do instead. Yeah, take the parts that I want from the bill that you put forward, um, galvanize the entire Senate in Palpatine's favour, and uh, then everything goes just planned. Yep. Uh, So yeah, after that, we get into The Crossing. Yeah, this is another two-part episode, but this one had a weak gap. Yeah, so uh, Echo leaves at the end of um, Truth and consequences yeah i'll tell you what this ep- this ending actually broke my heart because hey here's a trick for you guys uh, anyone who's making any sort of form of media i don't give a fuck if a character leaves or a character dies apart from in very specific examples but it's not usually the character leaving or dying that will that will hit me it's characters reactions to it and omega is fucking perfect at it yeah 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 twice i felt awful during this season once when echo fucked off and then later on when the other thing happens uh <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, Omega feels the same way about Crosshair to a degree. Like, not even to a degree. Like, almost to the same to the same uh, level. Yeah, but we do, but we don't see her. We don't see her say goodbye to Crosshair. That's what the key difference is here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the first real episode without Echo. Um, they go to the mine and they get the ship nicked and they get trapped. Yeah, this is the episode and this episode and the following one where it's cemented that Sid's a dickhead. Yes. Now bear in mind yeah. that at this point in time, the Bad Batch slash Clone Force ninety nine has officially saved Sid's life at least on one occasion. Yeah, life at least once and fortune more than one. I, I think it's implied life in the sense that Sid would have had to either have done seedy shit or taken some a real pummeling uh, or beating, I should say, uh, to pay those debts otherwise. Because I, I think it's implied Sid actually isn't that rich. Yeah. Sid is like Del Boy, alright? And in the sense that she has a constant flow of income, but it immediately gets pissed away on her next get-rich-quick scheme and she never stops and thinks. She always is constantly on the go and it's to her detriment because she's not good at it. Yeah, everything is a chain of deals. She's like, her entire empire is built upon a house of cards and she's trying to make that into a McMansion. Like, she could make uh, a lot of things work, but unfortunately, reality is, uh, the line of work that she has chosen, it's never going to work unless she establishes connections. And as we've seen, every connection she makes, she fucking burns in favour of another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she starts by bargaining real hard. And this is where she acquiesces to a small um, increase in their pay. And also, when they ask her for help, she's like, nah, I'm busy. You know, I'm in a real bind here right now. I can't be sending additional mercenaries to go and bail out my, my original mercenaries. Do it yourself. Uh, Sid does say that she will send help, but it'll be a few days. And guess what? A few days is too long. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're, you know, starving right now. Well, uh, starving isn't even the issue in this. The issue in this is their fucking ship got nicked. Yeah, the ship got nicked. Uh, they don't have any water. Uh, they're stuck in a cave. Yeah. yeah. And um, the next episode is the resolution of this. They track down the kid who stole the ship. And it is a kid. Yeah. And it's Fagin all it, over again. It's not so. even <laughs> It's not even Fagin because some a lot of the people working under him are also adults. It's, um, it's literally... It's literally, fuck me. Literally, capitalism is what it is. Like, it's like, here's the big boss at the top, and he's like, oh, we're having hard times. Everyone's got to pull together. But the only people having hard times are the people working under him who he's not fucking paying. Yeah, like, the workers are, like, damn near starved. And he's just having these, like, Jabba the Hutt table manners feats where he's just like, he he can barely stop drinking from one cup because the cup in his other hand is waiting to be drunk from. And then his third hand has a chicken leg. It's one of the most disgusting scenes I've ever seen in Star Wars it's just Uh, especially coupled with in the next scene he gives one bowl of gruel to an entire room full of workers yeah and they all just go at it with spoons and anyone who gets a second spoonful has officially won that encounter Uh, well sorry the the person on the top of the leaderboard gets a whole bowl to themselves which you know and we find out later on in the episode that it's all through deception that this guy has managed to keep these people in line because they overpower him stupidly easily yeah like he's Lying to them about how much money they're making, skimming everything off the top, and it's as soon as they are told that you know these mines are incredibly profitable, they uh, they all turn on him, and even the droids are relatively easily dealt with because you know we've got the bad batch with us at this point. Yeah, and they're just bog standard battle droids, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. The only reason that they give the kids and well the the um, the underlings any trouble is because they're unarmed. Yeah, it's one of those though uh, where there are enough of them that it's nothing anyone ever wants to think about, but you can overpower these things but you will take losses is the downside. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he falls into lava. And good riddance. Uh, it's in these episodes where Tech does the thing of, um, yes, I do feel for losing Echo, but we've not lost him. He's just doing his own thing right now. Yeah, there's I... a big sit-down conversation between literally just Tech
Tech and uh, and Omega, and yeah. it's it's very well framed. I like it. It yes. gives me similar vibes to. It's not quite as emotionally driven as the scene I'm going to bring up, but I feel like it hits the same beats and works in its own way. And that is the um uh, the scene from Shira in season five where um uh, Entraptor almost breaks down in tears in like this is how I help. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> Again, it's not quite got the same emotional impact, but it hits the same beats. It's got the same message, and I dig it. Yeah, I think what makes it hit a little less hard is that these two are on the same side, and the only one with a grievance is um, is Oga. Whereas with Entraptor, everyone's got a grievance with her, and she's just doing her best to try and fit back in. You know. But like I said, the same general vibe, same same general message. You know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, like there's a there's a saying that I, I I've I've heard thrown around. I can't remember who it's attributed to, but it's been attributed to like several people, so I couldn't tell you which one it came from. But um, mm-hmm. uh, it's the age old uh, the age old adage of don't mistake my lack of tears for a lack of grief. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think more people need to hear that from time to time. Yeah, he doesn't process things the same way, but it doesn't mean he's not feeling anything. Exactly, exactly. Don't be a dickhead to autistic people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is where we really start to get the introduction of Doctor Hemlock. Yeah, this guy's uh, this guy is basically the in universe. Um, I can't even compare him to Mengele. It's not quite accurate, but he's on the same sort of wavelength, you know? Yeah, he's he's more interested in the outcome of experiments than actually creating something um, like evil, awful, destructive, anything. He just wants to progress science, sometimes for its own benefit, or for its own sake, as it were. Um, but and... you could you can you can see the analogue I'm sort of drawing in that a lot of his research yeah. revolves around clones and Yes, yes. He's certainly not you oh, fuck me, it's the Nazis again though, isn't it? Where he doesn't see the clones as people so he can do what he wants with them and like oh yeah, yeah. how is like that his... not the same as one of the many scientists who did fucked up things during the holocaust yeah his main thing with clones is their imperial property therefore there's no harm in just reassigning imperial property to me where I can use them as, tech, as test subject um, however he is um, intrigued by crosshair uh, intrigued only in the sense that he sees something unique in him which is something that you're not supposed to have as a clone yeah um, the episode where he gets him to introduce one metamorphosis it's the a clone of something from way back in like season two of the clone wars yeah i fucking Zillow beast th- this episode feels like filler but the fact that it introduces hemlock means that it just can't be yeah <laughs> and we get more of mount tantis um and his uh his little lackeys who's mount tantis mount tantis is um the place that thrawn takes case takes uh control of in the thrawn novel it's the imperial cloning facility oh fuck Doc horror fuck me okay yeah. i misheard you i thought you said matt tantis oh no Mount Tantus. So I, I was when I asked you who is it, that's why I was like, who the fuck's Matt Tantus? I don't remember this name. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Yeah, there's another episode title. Who's Matt Tantus? <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh. Um, and yeah they um, they recapture the beast and it goes back to Mount Tantus and it goes into a big old pod and that's where it lives now Uh, next one we have the outpost one second there is some very important information we end the episode on in um, uh, you know that cunt prime minister of Kamino oh yeah yeah cool so they bring him to the same place because they need to know how to um, convince is her name Nala Saya yeah there's Lamasu and 
Lana Say. Yeah, Lana Say needs uh, is the basically the brains behind the cloning outfit, and they want her cooperation, and they can't get it, and they can't harm her because if she's dead, you know she's it's worthless at that point. So they asked the previous prime minister how to make it work, and guess who gets revealed to Hemlock? Yeah, they uh, they send Hemlock after Omega, or rather, he tells Hemlock about Omega, and Hemlock sends his goons after Omega. Yeah. Now we're on to oh. actually my favorite episode in the entire series. Yeah, totally. The outpost. So this is one where uh, Crosshair gets assigned to a brand new commander who has never commanded anything. Crosshair outranks him. The commander at the base outranks him, and yet he still talks down to them as if they're equipped. I mean, the guy's rank is lieutenant. Yeah. But because he is a human, or not a human, but you know, a a being from the galaxy, he wasn't made in a tube. That means in his brain, he's naturally superior to every single clone he meets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he treats being wombborn as like plus three rank intrinsically. Yeah, despite the fact all of these clones are clones of motherfucking Django Fett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this episode's fucking great, because one, it reminds you how badass clones are, and two, I was screaming at my TV. Metaphorically, I don't actually scream at my TV. Whenever I say I scream at my TV, it's usually an internal screaming, because um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not a fucking psychopath. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just an internal voice going, get him, get him, get him. I, w- I was just like, crosshair, my dude, you've got to fucking snap at this. And he did. And I was, it was so fucking cathartic because this guy was begging for a bullet the entire episode. Yes, yes. He um, he, he pre-ordered that one day Amazon shipping of bullet to head. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so gone. Mayday is, um, Mayday just being a normal clone, but also one that's been here a long time, putting up with everything that he's put up with, which turns out to have been guarding a bunch of next generation Stormtrooper armor, which he could have been using to outfit his gang to, you know, drive off the raiders and, you know, do his job rather than losing all of them. Yeah, man. Uh, that's that's kind of what breaks Mayday and then Crosshair's like, okay, um, I'm now angry and this is after Mayday and Crosshair have done the thing of Crosshair starts out as the callous one and then he's the one that ends up bringing Mayday back to base just in time for him to die. Yeah, the, the, the character, the character, sorry, the shift in motivation of Crosshair is something I expected at the end of episode three. Now, bear in mind, we haven't seen Crosshair for 30, uh, for 10 fucking episodes. No, no. It was, um, this is one of those where it's a lot easier to watch it once it's ended because you can, you can just go through these episodes and then see him soon enough. If you're watching this week to week, this was like a good couple of months. Well, let's find out, shall we? Episode 3 aired on January 11th, 2023. Episode 13, uh, sorry, 12, The Outpost aired March 8th, 2023. This was damn near three months after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is where Crosshair gets, uh, has, he's, he, he's, he's not so much a face turn as cementing that he's now able to choose the right decision. Yeah, because it's one of those where he's always gone by the mantra of good soldiers follow orders, but he's always taken that to mean that the person given the orders knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a plan that he can't see. And then having his fellow clone, who he has witnessed do everything he can to follow the order he has been given, only to be fucking tossed aside. Yeah, it just shows him what happens to good sol- soldiers who follow orders and that's the snapping point like for real man it, it's 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 a hard watch is what it is because us as viewers n- knew that he was following orders under bad faith anyway but mm-hmm, o- mm-hmm. obviously crosshair doesn't have all the information and up until this point in his life following orders has gotten him everywhere yeah totally it's uh it's a little hard to describe to be honest be- because you and 
I, we've never lived a life where we have to follow everything we've been told. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so, but you know, I think everyone's had someone who has ranked higher than than them, whether it be you, usually in a workplace. Like, not everyone's a manager, and I think everyone's got stories where they've got managers who I will listen to what this manager says because I know they're talking what they're talking. That I know they know what they're talking about. I know they have an idea that needs to be implemented, and everyone needs to do their bit. And then you've got other managers who will tell you to do X, Y, Z, and you think fucking why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you ask why, it's always a stupid fucking reason, and you're like, I'm I'm gonna say I'm doing that because I can't be asked to have the argument, but I'm not doing that. Mm. It's a bad fucking parallel, but it's the only one I've got. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. We did have uh, a fun scene, and I say fun rather loosely, of Crosshair standing on a mine and immediately realising on he's on a mine, and he's like, fuck, this is it. And Mayday helps him out, except Mayday helps him out by using a bullshit method that might not work. Um, yeah, and then he goes around a corner and says, okay, so wait till I'm around the corner before you take your foot off, and when you do, do it slowly. And Crosshair's like, oh, well, I thought you were confident in your methods. Like, yes, I am, but I'm not stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fucking great, because at the end of the day, it's doing an explosive. <laughs> yeah, I think this is their actual cemented bond moment. Yeah, because Mayday could have just left him behind. In fact, Crosshair implied that if soldiers fall behind, they should be left behind. Yeah, and Mayday says, remind me not to die on your watch. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he does. Well, yeah, like, again, yeah. it's the fact that that final moment of Crosshair going, get him some medical attention, he can still make it. And he's just like, why? He didn't fulfil his job. Which was a bullshit job in the first place, and everyone with half a brain could see it. Yeah, and that's also not how medical care works. You don't deny medical care just because someone failed at a task. Certainly not in the military. No, no. But but yeah. Uh, the next episode we have is the beginning of the new home arc. We have Pabu. Yeah, at this point, Sid is more or less cut out of the Bad Batch's life. Yeah. Uh, she is very angry. She keeps sending them threatening voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, th- there's a thing later on in the series where I understand why they made the decision they made. However, uh, we- I think everyone saw the ending to that coming. Yes. Um, it's one of those, if you give an inch, you'll have a mile taken off you. So if they'd have said to Sid, okay, you take all the money from this last job and we part ways, she still wouldn't have taken that because she wants more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she-, she treats their substantial perpetual income as normal at this point. She lives to her means. Well- which normally includes, you know, expanding rather than consolidating. Well, again, it's exactly what I said earlier, right? Of um, the, the problem with Sid is she gets money and she immediately fucking puts it straight back out because she's constantly got plans and most of her plans are shit because... Yep. <laughs> the, you, know, yeah. you saying expanding rather, consolid- rather than consolidating is pretty on point because she keeps putting her fingers in loads of pies when in reality yep. she should really be, you know, shoring up what she's already got. Because of the way she's been using the bad batch she um she's never actually got a solid source of income outside of them at least that's how the show frames it yeah um because her bar is nearly always empty yeah apart like, from those two he's... fucking jo- jobbers yeah <laughs> i almost called them jowers and i'm pretty sure that's racist <laughs> yeah that's a, a separate species um but yeah we get the new place uh, pabu is a big old mountain island uh i assume pabu is the name of the uh planet and the mountain island is just a place on it but but, you know. I thought the island was called Parble. Well, it's one of those. Like, locations are planets. Well, here's the, f- here's the thing, right? We only ever see Parbu, the as in the yeah. island, so therefore <laughs> the whole planet might as well just be Parbu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here's a fucking thing that's fucking relevant to everyone ever.
ever who's lived in a fucking city in that, uh, hey, this sort of event hasn't happened in 20 odd years, so why bother keeping the safety equipment up to snuff? Here's fucking why! Yes, so they built on what is meant to be Super Floodplain, as in when the tidal waves come, they come up to this point and anything below that should not be built on, so they build on it. <laughs> <laughs> and nearly everybody dies because of it. Yeah, uh, and once again, tech saving the fucking day, more or less. I wouldn't say single-handedly, because Hunter and... Well, Hunter's more focused on saving Omega and her new friend, but uh, Wrecker does his bit as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is one where uh, tech is teaching Omega how to fly the Marauder, and he gives this like long description of what he wants her to do, and she goes, <gasps> The tech turn! And he goes, I, don't, I didn't call it the tech turn, but I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, it's a very cute moment. However, it happens in the next episode. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this yeah. this one, uh, Echo, not Echo, fuck, Omega and her new friend go out onto the onto the water in a little boat. Yeah, and the Hunt, tidal wave happens. Yeah, Hunter needs to jump in the ship and do a quick fucking boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Technical term, don't you know? <laughs> um, then we've got tipping point. Echo reunites with them. Um, he comes to Pabu. He tells them about some clones that need rescuing. Doesn't this episode start with a shot on uh, on Crosshair? Uh, I believe it does. It's the... I think it's where he, they... Um, I forget her name. Is it Emery? The uh, oh, I don't fucking the, the, know. The Patsy. Okay, yeah, the the lady scientist. I think is called Emery. Yeah, uh, em- or uh, Emery. Or something. Yeah, yeah, Emery Carr is apparently her yeah. name. Um, she's she's the only one who asks if he'd prefer to be called Crosshair. Yeah. So, which in hindsight is quite a bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, she's more concerned about his well-being than any of the other Imperials. Um, she's uncomfortable when he's getting tortured, well, but she still does it because she's under orders. Well, she's also the reason why Crosshair gets a chance to escape, and boy, does he do it well. He does a really good... In fact, don't they know they need to go here in the first place because of his coded message? Yes. Um, they know that they need to find Hemlock, but they don't know where it is, which is like the um, the whole point of uh, the next episode. Yeah, it's one of those where this place doesn't exist on any map. Yeah. And it's like Camino. Yeah, pretty much. The only reason why the Batch learn that there's a secret place... They don't even know it's called Mount Tannis. They just know there's yeah. a secret location where they're keeping a bunch of people, including Crosshair. Uh, in fact, isn't one of the reasons why they agree to Echo's mission because Omega straight up goes, well, we've got to help Crosshair. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think it's one of those where they're pretty much all in agreement of even if it is a trap, it's worth it just in case it's not. Yeah. Like, he he's had all this time to try and spring a trap like this when he had more resources. Why wait until now? Yeah. Like, he he, he let them go from the rat on uh, on Camino. I mean, he helped them like, get, not die on Camino. <laughs> yeah, like, he could have just stun-bolted any number of them and just kept them. Yep. But he didn't. Well, uh, again, I think it gets glossed over a lot. Crosshair's mission wasn't wasn't eradication of the Bad Batch. He wanted them to see his side of things and join him. Yeah, he wanted them to join the Empire on their own volition. Which unfortunately um, was never going to happen. No, no. The other thing that happens in this episode, we get to see Hauser, who was like one of the clones in Series 1. Yeah, who fucking Girl. kicked ass. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, he got arrested and brought here for disobedience and subordination. And yeah, yeah. we get a, we get to see Tarkin. Uh, I don't believe that's this episode. Uh, he's only in a hologram, but he's like he, he sets up the next episode of saying yeah uh, I need to speak to you come to come to the thing and they, they go to the summit next 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 episode I mean is there anything else to discuss or do you want to just uh... oh apparently uh, Gregor also shows up in this episode oh yeah Gregor's helping Echo at the beginning when they ambush the ship yeah <laughs> Gregor grows a bitch in fucking beard later on doesn't he I think so or, or, yeah. wait hang on is Gre- or is Gregor the one that goes crazy I know there's one trooper with Rex and Cody in Rebels who talks but talks gibberish I'm just searching him up real quick is that Gregor or am I crazy oh yeah 
he's the one that ends up like really old and um, old and bald and bitch and beard. Yeah. Okay. I got one part yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, when when you meet him in Rebels, he's uh, he's part of the gang with like Walton Rex. I, I swear, there's one in there who's fucking crazy. He might be the crazy one. Oh, it's been a it's minute. Him or Wolf? It might be Wolf, but I don't remember Wolf from anything else. Gregor's the one who defected after trying to. Um, uh, he was teaching the, uh, the the stormtrooper replacements, and then just quickly realised, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I training my replacements who are going to earn more than me? <laughs> well, that's just it, isn't it? Like it's it's actually explicitly implied then that, uh, that the clone troopers didn't actually get paid during service. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. They didn't need to because they were, they were kept in. You know, if they weren't on the field, they were in barracks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, I digress. Uh, next episode's fucking great, and the, the, yeah. I'm actually surprised about this. The finale, they uh, the, the last yeah, the last two episodes actually came out on the same day, which is weird considering the cliffhanger they bothered to have. Yeah, but um, you know, for people like me that don't always watch uh, things when they come out, like when I watch it with my folks, we normally watch two episodes at a time, which sometimes works out perfectly. Sometimes we get one ahead, uh, and sometimes we, uh, you know, because we're one ahead, we have to do a three, or we only do a one. Like towards the end, we, we there was a point where we had five episodes to go, so we had we made it so that I think one one time we just did one episode, and then the last two in back to two, which you know was what we meant it to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't tend to experience it in the weeks worth of cliffhanger way that some of the episodes were set up at. Yeah, but again, this episode, episode 15, had a cliffhanger, but both episodes came out on the same day, so it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So we got a, we got the summit. There's a bunch of villains just sat around the table. Including uh, a very important one on the left. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did, okay, again, I'm not as big of a Star Wars nerd as you. I couldn't name this character, but big Star Wars nerds can just by looking at him because he dresses in a certain way. Uh, I, yeah, dir- director Krennic. Yeah, because I watch, uh, I watch a certain uh, reactor after I've watched shows and he was like, is that so-and-so? And I went, how the fuck can you tell just by looking at a character not even in real life? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. I am a big enough nerd that w- when they said uh, Operation Stardust, I stopped for a second and went, isn't that the Death Star? Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, originally, the Death Star was meant to be a mining thing, or that's what it was disguised as in development. Well, yeah, that so, makes perfect sense. The Dust Star, if you just reverse it, sounds like a mining thing. And then, obviously, got the Death Star. But Stardust is because the uh, the guy who designed it, which I think was Mads, um, used to call his daughter that. Sure. Uh, yeah, it would have been Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, in if we go by that film, yeah. who don't for, um, don't forget every fucking nerd who ever bitched about the, ex- the the fucking port that was just big enough for for missiles to go down it was an intentional flaw. So can we shut the yeah. fuck up about it? Yeah, it was retroactively intentional. He put it there so it could be destroyed. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it just rustles my jimmies. Yep, yep. Um, and yeah, the thing that gets um, the, the actual plot twist in this episode is not all about the bad guys doing bad guy stuff and having a bad guy luncheon. It's that. Um, um, the Bad Bat are infiltrating this place to get what they want and turns out oh yeah certain things are already going wrong like some of the cameras are already down yeah, how long Saw Guerrero. how long did yeah. it take you to clock that there was another rebel group doing shit because it, it took me about two seconds and I was like I wonder who it is yeah like I knew someone else was there it could have been anyone but uh, yeah it was Saw Guerrero and his partisans who are pretty much the only active rebels at this point in time yeah he was a fucking early day rebel wasn't he yeah this is like early days of the Empire and Saw is young at this point. Uh, Saw is so young and I'm so not used to seeing him in this art style that for a second when he showed up 
up, I was like, is that Saw? Is that that cool crazy man? <laughs> yeah, because when you see him as a cool crazy man in Rogue One, he's basically Darth Vader without a helmet. Okay, a little bit, but... Like, he's being kept kept alive by the machines that he's plugged into I... uh, because he's seen so much action and lost so much of himself. Oh, that... man. Yeah. Man, can I just say, I was really fucking upset with uh, in Andor when, uh, when, I forget the fucking dickhead's name, but the guy who eventually recruits Andor at the end. What's his name? You you know. Uh, Luthan. Luthan, yeah. When he fucking revealed to Saw that, no, we can't go through with this plan now because we're sacrificing that rebel cell. And I think that's the first time Saw's ever even contemplated sacrificing people. Yeah, yeah. Because as, um, as we know from the time we get to Rogue One, he's well over it by that point, but... <laughs> Which isn't that like yeah. isn't depending on because we see the Death Star not far off from completion at the end, so it's like it's either a, a week or a year between those two time points. We're not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unidentified amount of time, but, yeah. but we know it's not very long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because the Death Star is very much armed and operational in Rogue One. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because the end of Rogue One is the beginning of Episode 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fully armed and operational battle station. Uh, but yeah, we finally get to the point you mentioned where uh, they're like, Omega, go do stealth. Yeah, Wrecker's just like sat behind a Brit uh, and he's like, oh, I can't get out over there. Omega, go do it for me. <laughs> Unfortunately, Rick's good at voices, but he very quickly devolves into Orc when he tries to do Wrecker. Yeah, yeah. well, Wrecker's just an Orc. <laughs> he doesn't sound that much like it. Like, you got the right sort of inflection, but you, you go full on fucking kill yeah, the humans. Um, it, it's difficult to do Kiwi at the same time as Orc. So it just ends up being Cockney instead. Uh, is uh. is the voice actor Kiwi? Because it's not Tim uh, Morrison in uh, in the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's not Tim Warren Morrison, but he, he tries to put it on. He's uh, D. Bradley Baker, and let's see. And um, just while Rick looks up what he does, so I can fill a bit of time, uh, he voices. Oh, is it, he's American. Ah, oh, fair enough. He voices all of the clones, including Clone Force ninety nine. So this might as well be the fucking Baker show. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he gets paid more because he voices ninety five percent of the cast. Maybe so. He's also Klaus in American Dad. Well, the fucking German goldfish. Yes. I can kind of hear it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have put two and two together, but you saying it makes me go, eh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah, we get the cute moment where a mouse droid finds Amiga just as she's about to leave and the even cuter moment moment of Wrecker slamming on it with his foot and going, oops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, because they've, they've been pretty good at stealth until that point. And then Wrecker just, you know, does the, the barbarian saving throw for stealth of uh, killing the thing that spots you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. But yeah, they they end up not being able to get a tracker on, um, well, on Hemlock's ship. Hold on one second. Oh. Technically speaking, they succeed. Saw Guerrero fucks it for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he unsuccceeds on their behalf, yeah. Mm. But but silver lining, that means Saw succeeded. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. and also he gets this great thing where, um, I, I don't think it comes up, but I believe Eriadu is Tarkin's back garden. Yes. So all of the blame gets put on Clone Force 99 because they're the guys that get seen and spotted, which means Sora, uh, not Sora, fuck, that's... <laughs> Uh, I, I combined this last and first name and I ended up getting the Kingdom Hearts protagonist. Um, <laughs> so, oh, fucking Sora. Go Could you imagine a stare down between Sora and Grand Moff Tarkin? 
Yes. <laughs> just like, you can't let the darkness overwhelm your heart. You may fire when ready. <laughs> just, uh, oh yeah, just, ah oh, fucking. <laughs> Instead of the Death Star, Tarkin's just like firing death beams out of Kingdom Hearts. Yes, yes, book it. <laughs> I'm going to find a fan artist and I want to commission that. I'm doing it. Rick, write that down right now. I'm fucking looking for someone. I want it. <laughs> Oh, that's such a good idea. Oh, I'm going to look that up when we finish the podcast and see if it's been done. And if not, I'm fucking, I've got to pay someone. You made darkness when ready. Oh, fuck me. That's such a good idea. Hey, and Disney can Disney can make it happen. I No, I don't want Star Wars in my Kingdom Hearts. But let's not look at Xehanort from Kingdom Hearts 2. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's such a fun idea. Oh, fuck. Who needs a battle station? <laughs> He's just got the Emperor in the shadows going, Good! <laughs> <laughs> Man, what would happen if the Emperor got naughted? Now, what do you mean Probably by that? nothing. Like, is it, well, you know when Xehanort tries to possess people? Like, Oh, I think the Emperor would win is the thing. I don't think Xehanort could yeah. do it just because Palpatine's that much better than Xehanort. Yeah, he's, he's been a dickhead his entire life and Xehanort's trying to invade a uh, a body that Palpatine is very happy in. Yeah, no, Palpatine's like, fuck off, mate. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Oh. You're no food for the dark side of all. So then we get into the last episode. Plan 99. Yeah. You go back to Ward Mantel uh, and Sid is very shifty. Hang on. you got to bear in mind the division happened here where um, the, the start of the episode is where Plan 99 happens and Tech sacrifices himself for the good of the team. Is that the start of the episode? I thought it was the end. No, it's the start of pla- of episode 16. Okay, the end, yeah. The end of episode 15 is is the rail car is, uh, is having problems and uh, they sort of cut it off before the fighting starts. And then the next episode is, again, we get the cementation of, um, of Tarkin reminding us that he's evil through and through because he gives the order of uh, send the fighters in and destroy them. And it's like, sir, our, our soldiers will get caught in the crossfire. Did I fucking stutter? Yeah. <laughs> Did I stutter? Who gives a shit? Do it, yeah. Um, Tech does his uh, his real MVP moment of he's fixing the thing, and yeah, he needs to be left behind. It's worse than that. Rather, he leaves himself behind. Yeah, he super he shoots upwards to dislodge the damaged part of the trail car, and then he ends up falling down. And everyone's upset. Most of all, Amiga, because this is the first time I think she's had to think about death. Yeah, because everyone else who's left has just left. This is the first time someone that she knows and cares about actually dies. Yeah, and that. That's sink in for a minute because she's killed a few people herself oh yeah totally <laughs> but they're bad guys and i don't know them so it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> like actually um yeah and they end up in a massive railway crash well rail car crash at the end there everyone's super fucking wounded it actually looks quite bad for omega and it's one of those where because of the nature of the show you're like you know omega's fine but fuck for a second i had i had like actual paternal pangs of oh please don't be dead yeah um, but yeah, um, they, they end up with their backs against the wall. They've got nowhere they can really go because I assume Parbu is just too far away and or lacks the equipment they need. So yeah, they throw in their lot. They they take their chances with Sid. And as soon as they said they were going to Sid, I was like, okay, I now know what the ending is going to be. Yes. Um, so when they get there, Sid's looking so shifty. So shifty that even Wrecker notices. Yeah, that's the fucking red flag right there. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, um, if your barbarian notices you're being shifty, then you've rolled up. You've rolled pretty work pretty bad on your um on your deception check i think that's here's the problem sid looks shifty because she knows her act is 
the, the ultimate act of cowardice. Yeah, uh, and I don't think she actually says anything after that point. All she does is just hang her head. Uh, she does say, um, she does say something. I can't remember it is, but it is basically the effect of "Listen, you fucked me." Yeah, but yeah, but she says it in it. that way, in that sh- even she doesn't believe it. Yeah, um, it's more a case of you weren't allowing me to fuck you more than anything else, and uh, she needed she needed to get rich quick somehow, and selling out the only people that uh, she can trust yeah. was uh, the only way apparently. Yeah, and as she gets paid, uh, Hemlock just goes, "Cool, our business is concluded. Fuck off." Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm the, the thing I'm most surprised from here is Hemlock is a fucking dirtbag, but he does appear to have some sort of code in the sense that he lets Sid walk away. Yeah, because almost every um, other high-ranking member of the Imperium I can think of, Imperium, where the fuck are we? Empire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Would just have shot her, yeah. Yeah, would have just gone, cool, bang, job's done. But he just yeah. goes, I, I, you've you've given me what you promised, here is your money, get the fuck out of the bar, because I've got to deal with this now. Yeah, um, either they would have shot her or just imprisoned her on probably legitimate charges, because, you know, she's not exactly an upstanding citizen. Nah, they would have shot her. Yeah. She has no value as a prisoner. No, no. But it does show how petty they are if they just take her take her in off the back of a uh, a tip that they're benefiting from. I suppose, but uh, anyway. Um, I think that's, that is a point, actually, this showing that um, not only does he have his uh, his own internal morals, but Hemlock also doesn't care about the, emper- the Empire's uh, proceedings as long as he gets to do what he wants. Yeah, I suppose you could look at it like that, indeed. I- like, it, w- when given the choice to be lawful or evil, he chooses evil. I guess. Um, but, but but I'd argue the opposite, because again, he, he chose lawful here by just paying the money he agreed to, as opposed to having her killed. Sure, sure. You know? Uh, but anyway, we get this where uh, Hunter's ready to throw fucking hands uh, unfortunately, Wrecker is a prisoner, so yeah, and also emotional damage by this is all we could recover. Yep. Uh, Omega is going through the sewers and uh, eventually ends up on a balcony and able to like get into a sniping position. But Hemlock has predicted this. Uh, it's also not sewers; it's vents. Well, yeah, vent and all that. Uh, Hemlock has predicted this possibly due to the fact that uh, he got the tip off from Sid and probably knows the area thanks to Sid telling him. I actually interpreted it as that um, Hemlock has such an understanding of clones, despite Clone Force 99 being a bit unique in the sense of how they were developed, uh, he still knows the way they think enough to to know that baiting this trap would trigger this reaction, and then because he's meant to be somewhat of a tactical, I wouldn't say genius, but tactically inclined, he probably could guess from the lay of the land, which you're correct, he probably got from Sid, that that's probably where she'll be. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, given the amount of force he brought to the planet, that he had troops everywhere anyway. Yeah. There's probably 120 more Stormies that we don't see in places that he also anticipated as potential exit points. I mean, he had several ATSTs. Yes. Which, by the way, Echo commandeered one, and as soon as they saw it come around the corner and not shoot them, Wrecker and Hunter are both like, that's probably Echo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hemlock's real emotional damage is that he's found Tex goggles. Oh yes, yes, that's what we were referencing to earlier. Yeah, the this is all we could recover. So uh, that's clearly a lie. Yeah, you and I had a real. Uh, as soon as you finished the episode, I went. I think there's a real fifty-fifty chance that Tex's still alive. But not least yeah. because this is Star Wars, and nine out of ten characters fucking come back from the dead anyway. Yeah, like he would have been able to recover more than just goggles. Yeah, in fact, later um, on when we unless um, unless he unless like we don't see what's beneath the cloud line, like. 
he could have washed away to shore or something, depending on what's actually below the clouds. He could have done, but because of the final scene with Crosshair in the location that he is, and the fact we see other clones, but not close or in detail, I think he's on one of Hemlock's tables near Crosshair. Mm -hmm. But that's just my guess, and it's not a unique guess to me. A lot of people have been floating around theories, but that's the one I lean towards most. Um, But yeah, shall we get to that final scene with Omega and what happens? Yeah, Omega willingly goes to let the others go, and... uh... Hemlock proves he's a bastard by... um... No, she doesn't willingly go. She gets knocked the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah, she gets knocked... She wants to willingly go, but the others won't let her, and then she gets knocked out. No, it's not even that. It's not even that. Like, she she doesn't offer to go willingly. She draws her bow, and when Hemlock doesn't budge, then she gets knocked out. She never seems willing to go, you know? And also Hunter and and Wrecker are both like, don't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> Don't trust him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she ends up with uh, with um, Hemlock guys, including I've forgotten already. Amiri. Amiri Carr. Yeah. And Amiri goes, "Oh yeah, um, I'm a clone of you." <laughs> well, it, it's very unclear, isn't it? Because as far as we're aware, the only people given the um, acceleration formula was the bulk clones and uh, the bad batch. But apparently, they made another female clone and decided to give her um, acceleration, unless. There is loads of um, other clones named Emery Carr running around that we've not seen. But this is a hell of a fucking revelation. I seem to remember there being at least another one who looks a bit like her. I didn't watch all the Clone Wars. I never saw anyone like Omega in the ones I have seen. No, what I mean is, didn't um, Hemlock have two Emery's at one point? I don't remember. I only remember the one. The one. It, yeah, I, I could be misremembering. I, I seem to remember him being flanked by two female scientists at one point, And only one of them is the one that we actually interact with. And that's the Emiri that we know. Mm. But yeah, Emiri takes her goggles off. And um, doesn't actually make much of a difference because she's a different age to Omega. But yeah, she just straight up says, yeah, I'm, uh, I've am i got the same DNA as you. Yeah, I don't... We're, uh, no, I'm sorry. We're, we're from the same... Well, we're, we're, from, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. Yeah, it's one of those where I don't think Emiri... Uh, sorry, Emiri, that's a different person. Uh, Amiri, um looks like an older Omega, so I never connected the dots until she was very outright with it. Yeah, and uh, basically saying it's, 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 it's ironic that you'll trust Hemlock and not me. <laughs> You're completely incorrect. Um, what what happens is Omega wants to see uh, Nala say and oh, yeah, uh, she... the Kami- Kaminoans. Sorry, yeah, you'll trust the Kaminoans and not me. Because Omega's not fucking stupid enough to trust Hemlock of all people. Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> my, my bad. Sorry, it was it was, uh, it was Nala say. Yeah. Uh... You got to bear in mind though. Um, I don't blame Omega for trusting Nala say because Nala say has sh- granted we haven't seen what uh, Omega's upbringing's like, but it's safe to assume that Nala say did the bulk of the work in it, and we've seen from uh, other sources that Nana Say's number one priority for most of the post-Clone Wars stuff has been to keep Omega safe, going so far as to hire Fennec Shan to fight Cad Bane. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, th- this is the cliffhanger that we ended with on for the entire series. Yeah, we see and... Hunter and Echo and Wrecker in the ship and Hunter saying, we get her back and that's all he says and that's all he fucking needs to say. I fully expect next season to be him somehow hooking up with Cody Yeah, because I yeah, think yeah. it's pretty clear that Cody and probably Rex even as well, even though they're independent factions at the moment, are both looking to free the clone troopers. They just don't know yeah. where they are. Yeah, they've got a full-on clone railroad going at the moment. 
moment now, haven't they? Boy, that's a grim way of putting it, but you're not wrong. Yeah, because they're just property, as far as Hemlock's concerned, and the Empire at large. Yeah. Like, the only people that see them as human beings is basically Senator Chuchi. Clone troopers and anyone who's worked with clone troopers, because don't forget, uh, during the big secret meeting, there was that other chap, that other Imperial, who was deemed important enough to be at this big dick meeting, and when talking about decommissioning clones, he was straight up saying, I fought with clones, and they're pretty good people. And Tarkin straight up said, I also fought with clones, and they're shit. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, guess who's winning in that fucking argument with the Emperor? <laughs> yeah, it's the person whose house it is at this table, and it's the person who sucks up to the Emperor very hard. Let's, let's hammer that point home, by the way, in that both Saw Gerrera and Clone Force 99 managed to take a shit on Tarkin's doorstep. And that is an impressive yeah. fucking feat. And also, it is. I can't imagine the Clone Force 99 is going to get much reprieve from the Empire with Tarkin gunning for them. Because that's embarrassing, is what Tarkin's going to see that as. Yeah, as much as Hemlock is now our main villain, Tarkin is actually possibly... A bigger threat. Um, yeah, a bigger threat to them personally, based on the resources that he has. Uh, Hemlock would probably rather spend any resource that he has on things that he already has. Well, case in point, like so... the, ho- the only reason he even fucked with Clone Force 99 is because he wanted Omega, because he needs Omega to bargain with Nala Say. To make more clones, yeah. But, but don't forget, they're not making more clones, because... Well, they are making more clones. It's cloning tech they're using. It's just, just not of the same thing, yeah. Yeah, here's, here's what it is. It's almost entirely safe to assume that the thing we're looking for is going to be what they used for the sequels, in that um, Palpatine wants a clone that he, of him perfectly that he can jump into when his body grows useless and the reason why I assume it's this is because Nala Say straight up says to Hemlock that okay you have the bargaining chip you have Omega I don't want Omega hurt the thing you're asking for is impossible yeah because they um, at this point they can't clone the force and that's what they're uh, that's what they're trying to do and it's what eventually succeeds in uh, the end of Mando yeah and that's 20 years away 30 years away yeah, yeah minimum I don't know. Uh, minimum 25 well let's see 19 years before the Battle of Yavin because Luke's Zero. Yeah, Luke is zero. Uh- <laughs> Um, so so it's it's however long away Luke's age is in uh, in Jedi yeah plus well no not oh, in Je- no not in yeah Jedi, sorry in, um, in Mandalorian in Mando which is in Mandoverse which is like which is like what another ten years maybe fifteen yeah it's something like twenty eight or something yeah twenty eight years from Mando and Jedi no nah, no nah, so it's like five years so Luke aged a lot five in five years, years bud yes he did yeah not we, just we... not just Luke but Boba as well but at least Boba has the excuse of being in a Sarlacc pit for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the main reason is because they hired the actor who, you know, time makes fools of us all, and the actor aged. Yeah, except we didn't see the actor for Boba Fett. Yeah, fair enough. In Return of the Jedi, it was a white dude. <laughs> yeah, with a mustache. <laughs> I was so sad when I fucking watched... Ret- oh, we're going to get to it when we watch it. Fuck it, I can say it, because this comes out... No, it doesn't. Fuck. Fuck it, I'm going to fuck with the timeline a bit. I'm really fucking disappointed that uh, they dubbed over the OG Boba Fett voice with uh, Tamura Morrison. And not to knock Morrison... But it's because I had an argument with my brother at one point where um yeah where uh, he said uh, uh, he, he he talks like this and he did an impression of um uh, Tamora's voice who is New Zealand as fuck um and I went he doesn't sound like that at all and then he showed me the clip and I went they fucking changed that because I swear in the original he didn't well he can't have, couldn't have sounded like that they hadn't met him yet yeah 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 it's the same as the um they put the old Palpatine in which was just like a a woman's eye a woman's lower jaw and an ape's eyes yeah it looked fucking scary in the original it. man. Yeah, it just and then they just replaced it with uh, Ian McDiamond, which is is fine. I get it for continuality's sake, but oh, fucking leave the sh- leave it alone, George. <laughs> <laughs> That's a subreddit. <laughs> oh god. R slash leave it alone, George. 
<laughs> like, oh, fuck a doodle dandy, though. You know what I mean? There's loads of things, he changes he made. And even after Disney acquired it, he was still making fucking changes. Yes, 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 yes. Anyway. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I think it's about time to get down to our wrap-up. So, from The Bad Batch Season 2, do you have a favourite moment? There's, there's a lot of highlights, and there's a lot of low points. I think my personal highlight was, um, because it was so fucking satisfying, and I know they were building it up to it the entire fucking episode, but I was still like, the endorphins I got from the moment itself cannot be easily replicated. And that was crosshair murking that motherfucker. Absolute ditto. Like, mine is exactly the same thing. And it's what I was, it's what I had earmarked for a favourite moment before we even started the epi- this, uh, this, this podcast. So, yeah, it, there's no argument that that is possibly the most impactful scene in The Bad Batch so far. I, I, mm, as far as impactful goes, I think being separated from, from um, Omega actually being kidnapped properly is pretty damning uh, if only because Omega's not actually been separated from the batch for more than an episode yes 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 but I, I get so, you I get you it's an impactful moment it's an important moment and fuck I loved it um, since I've basically wanted to pick the same thing I'm going to fall back on my backup though of uh, Palpatine just showing up and getting shit done yeah you know what it came out the blue because I wasn't expecting it I didn't expect the good guys to win because we know they don't win uh, with, as far as clone troopers go but Emps just fucking showing up and being like this was my backup plan and you fucking fell for it. Yep, everything has been proceeding according to my design. I think uh, his normal statement. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And, and like, what was it? I think even the Bad Batch even says when they get back to the ship, like the bastard, they didn't say bastard because they can't, but like he was five steps ahead. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, again, like, it's easy to shit on the Emperor because he doesn't really do much because what you see is him sitting around and yucking it up more often than not. But he is playing on such a strategic field that most people can't match him. Yeah, totally. He's playing 5D chess when other people are playing snap that's a great analogy I love it and you've also got to remember <laughs> even without the emperor he's even without that in mind his top level guys are all doing their jobs well because I don't think he's actually got Thrawn yet but in a couple years time Thrawn joins the fucking team yes you know and he's even before Thrawn he's got Tarkin it's not a strategic um, element but as his enforcer he's got Vader and Vader's a pretty good fucking stick to whack people with I think he does already have Thrawn because I think Thrawn does meet Anakin and can Next the dot. Yeah, but Thrawn isn't. I don't think Thrawn joins the, officially joins the Empire at this point. Well, maybe. Sure, may, okay. Maybe he has. I don't know. The timeline's a bit fucky. But I think we're too soon into the Empire because uh, it, he might be. You know what? He might have had his meeting with Palps, and he might be in the Imperial Officers Academy at this point. Yeah, but because um, he's like a fully trained chess officer. I think he's he's already bumped elbows with the Old Republic, right. definitely, and possibly with the Empire at this point as well. Like I think there's a point where he essentially gets exiled in inverted commas as a way to get him out of Chiss Ascendancy space and give him a reason to join the Empire as uh, as a an open double agent but it's for the Ascendancy and the Empire which are basically on the same page in terms of eliminating threat. Yeah because uh, correct me if I'm wrong because Thrawn is not my expertise I've read one comic <laughs> So, uh, but isn't Thrawn's big deal, and is it the Chiss you said? Yeah. Isn't their deal that, by the by, but by the way, there's something coming, we don't know what it is, but we need to fucking deal with it, and we need a unified force to do it. Yeah, we need to be ready for it, whatever it is, and whenever it is. So it's one of those where it doesn't matter to them who's in charge of the Empire as a whole, as long as the Empire is on board with dealing whatever the fuck this thing is. And able to, yeah, able to supply uh, bodies and guns. Which, hey, guess what, it's one of those 
those where it doesn't matter how evil a character is, um, the underlying factor has to be that, why are you defending the galaxy? Because I fucking live in it. Yes. <laughs> it's all well and good being the person on the top, but what's the point in being on the top if the Empire's rubble? Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, and then you got the inverse that of the good guy version of that, where uh, I think it's in Guardians of the Galaxy 1, where Rocket goes, why do you care, Quill? Because he's going to take over the planet, and I'm living on the planet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Another little tangent, but like a lot of the time when there was uh, a threat in the expanded universe, a lot of the time people would just come up with, I wonder how the Empire would have dealt with this and how long this would have gone on. And uh, then Wedge Antilles goes at one point, yeah, we fought, we fought them with the, we're fighting them with the New Republic. What we need to do is fight them with the Rebel Alliance. Oh, that's a good one. And then he goes, and then Tycho, which is like his number two, goes, I've got a better idea. Uh, you do that. I'm going to fight them with the Empire. Mm. And then they make this, uh, this fake super weapon. Okay. And, uh, like, the viewer is even bamboozled by it because, like, they make, like, this modified Y-Wing that's meant to be, like, a, a mini super laser, uh, but it needs, like, multiple different ships to be all in position. And they put up the charade multiple times, whereas what they're actually doing is hitting it with a normal set of, uh, like, torpedoes that, from something that's stealth. That's really fucking dumb. But they put up the charade, so they turn this, like, one Y-Wing into a super bait that looks like a super weapon, and it like commands a load of attention and they can just win while they're doing that <laughs> in the business we call that a deus ex machina yeah <laughs> we we created this enemy that we can't have the guys deal with regularly because we made them too big dick strong okay pull out pull out the secret super weapon yep <laughs> but the super weapon's fake <laughs> doesn't matter if it's if it still does the job of always beating the thing then it might as well fucking be real yeah but yeah um I, that's it that's enough tangents uh, do you have a weakest link i do have a weakest link uh, but it's one of those weakest links that's not a real weakest link you know yeah totally we brought it up on the episode but there was a distinct lack of crosshair which I'm going to call my weakest link but at the same time I think it made everything much more impactful because of it yeah I feel you like I feel you totally I'm going to once again use the term old age adage of we can't miss you if you don't go away and I miss crosshair yeah totally absolutely like even though we get to see him and have a squad don't um, we have to bear in mind that have a squad very definitely don't see him at all Mm -hmm. like the closest they get is yeah he got to uh, he got to speak to Cody so if they speak to Cody then they've got they're like, like, like one degree of separation away from each other yeah Katie's, Co- Cody's just fucking AWOL uh, we don't know where he's gone we know he's doing something but we don't know what specifically yeah 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 uh, but yeah it's one of those where again I don't think it's a weak, a real weakest link because I think it fit the narrative they wanted to tell it fit the overall plot but I really uh, every time Crosshair's not on screen everyone should be asking where's Crosshair <laughs> where's Poochie <laughs> 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 I'm glad you I, I, I mean you never disappoint Rick but I'm, I'm glad you got it um, but yeah. when it comes to The Simpsons or like, like, at least the first like six, seven, eight, nine seasons of The Simpsons I'm pretty, I'm pretty on, the pole, on, on the ball with it which is I great because that's the only Simpsons I've got in-depth knowledge of so <laughs> but yeah what about oh, you Rick shit, do you have a weakest yeah. link for us yeah it's a similar one that it, it, it followed the narrative and they didn't know that it was a filler episode and they didn't know what had come before it but the fact that the fillers were so very obvious. <laughs> yeah, I get um, you, man. I'd say the big ones, Faster, Entombed, and uh, Metamorphosis yeah. being the ones that I can think of straight away. Uh, like, even Tribe was a bit fillerish because it was just do the thing, done, gone. Like, you, you get to see a Jedi. Cool. Yeah, you know but what? On that note, it. I'll also say a surprising lack of cameos in this series. Yeah, so... I don't... Co- by the I way, th- I don't consider that a bad thing because, like, yeah. I even I even the- fucking mentioned it when we talk, uh, spoke about Boba Fett 
upset in that I was fucking sick of <laughs> everything being, remember this, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a full series of member berries. Um, but yeah, like, I think their cast is solid enough right now that they don't really need cameos uh, because most of what they're doing is it's, just, it's like Clone Wars season 10 and 11. Yeah, pretty much, man. So yeah, they're just focused on mostly the one squad, sometimes a little bit different, but normally just the one squad. Um, in fact, I think we just had that one episode in season one, the Hauser episode, didn't uh, and it just didn't deal with the bat at all. Well, you say that, but the batch did show up, so... Sure. <laughs> eh, I get what you're going for, though. Yeah. So yeah, my my my, uh, my weakest link is that Phil obvious. Uh, but we don't like to end on a sour note, despite the fact that neither of us were that sour on the sour. <laughs> what would you say, or who would you say, is your MVP this time around? My MVP is Gonky. Nah, not really. Um, My MVP <laughs> is... Um, my MVP is Omega. Of course it's going to be Omega. It. I- I'll be honest with you, it's because every single emotional scene that was meant to have impact, I couldn't give a fuck about until I saw Omega's in-universe reaction, and then it tugged at my heartstrings, and I, they played me for a sucker, and it worked. Yeah, just when it, see, when it says in the script, Omega looks sad. <laughs> You're not even wrong, and that's the thing that really winds me up about myself, because I don't know if I'm... I've always been on the sappy side of things, but I don't know, in recent years, stuff like this just hits me a bit harder for some fucking reason. Yeah, like, the number of times where I'm trying to just roleplay and I'm just tearing up because I can't get it out... <laughs> Man, it sucks when you're invested in the story and it makes your it makes your emotions run, doesn't it? It it, it does because it's also hard to take the piss out of the moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, I, again, I brought it up. I didn't really give a fuck about Echo leaving the squad because, you know, Echo's leaving to do greater good, basically. But then yeah. Omega doesn't understand why Echo's going and Omega's tearing up and it's a goodbye and she goes to, quote-unquote, her room and hugs her bunny and I'm like, don't, don't, don't fucking do this to me, Star Wars. You're meant to be my yeah. fun, happy show about fucking stupid monks in space with laser swords. Stop fucking yep. hitting me in the heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, how, how about you? Do you disagree? Do you agree? What's going on? So I I was torn between giving it to Omega and giving it to Tech. Um, it felt weird giving it to Tech because he it felt like his importance was upplayed and a little bit forced to a degree. Yes, everything he did was legitimate, but to be a little bit different, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it to D. Bradley Baker, because without him, we wouldn't have the cast. <laughs> That's so fucking <laughs> cheating. It's like, I want to thank the person who voices everyone, because um, technically the show wouldn't exist without them. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but here's the thing, like, because he does so many of the characters and, like, he, he needs to put different inflections on different characters to make them feel like different characters. It's not as obvious with, with normal, regular clones. You know what? I, I, I do acknowledge that because Hunter is the one who sounds most like a regular clone. And if I didn't know better, I would have said all five members of the batch were voiced by different people. Yeah. I, I tell a lie. Hunter doesn't sound the most like a regular clone. Echo does. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, for good reason. Because uh, he, he was one. <laughs> uh, um, but it's one of those where... Okay, it, it, we make it no secret that you and I play D&D, Rick. Yes. I'm not nowhere near as talented in the voice work department as you are. I'm not ashamed to say that. You're good at what you do. I can't do accents. I can not I can do funny voices, but I can't do them for long periods of times because I make myself laugh. Um. So what I have to resort to when DMing is I just have to change the style in which I'm talking rather than actually changing my voice. So yeah, yeah. there is all that to say is there is a heavy amount of envy I am feeling right now. Perhaps jealousy. 
see I forget the technical which one's which you know uh, one's you, you want something someone else has the other one is you're afraid someone will take something away from you I just forget which way round it falls but yeah I'm incredibly jealous slash envious of his ability to do these voices because again I would never have been able to tell you that Wrecker and Crosshair were voiced by the same guy and also Pl- Perry the Platypus that doesn't count he doesn't talk <laughs> that's just I although, can make a sound effect yeah although Klaus does Klaus does it's just a, a German accent yeah yeah and yeah. and again you bringing up Klaus specifically it's like yeah I can kind of hear it but I wouldn't have guessed if you didn't tell me apparently he was uh, the 90 the original Space Jam's da- Daffy Duck and Taz okay Taz sure because that's just but um, Daffy Duck okay that's impressive but again we've already Im- can we not bring up more roles he's done have we not praised him enough <laughs> <laughs> Sir, yeah. uh, sir, what is it? David Lee Bradley? What? Yeah. Um, Tell me his name again. D. Bra- D. Bradley Baker. D. Bradley Baker. You're good at what you do. You brought life to this entire colourful cast of characters, and we thank you for it. You rightly get MVP alongside Omega, the character. Yep. <laughs> we satisfied? Yeah. Are we happy? Have we sucked his dick enough? <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 down to the down to the base. Uh, so, if you like the episode, you've got the comment section down below on YouTube, and if you're listening via one of the many audio platforms, you have the email address to which you can send messages. Where would you they where would they send such a message? NonsenseReviewUK at gmail.com. Once again, that is NonsenseReviewUK at gmail.com. Now, it will be cut out of the episode, but it was a bit of a pause after Rick's intro uh, segue and me talking because I had to try not to laugh because I don't know why, but Rick managed to salvage it, but it sounded like. He was flubbing. Yes, I added a syllable that should have been there. <laughs> so uh, there was me just trying not to laugh on mic, and then yeah, then I was just like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do a lot of editing work, guys, and yes, we are going to do this as the outro because fuck it, no one gets this far. Um, where Rick is a constant professional when he doesn't need to be because I know I can cut stuff out. So whenever Rick flubs, I piss myself laughing nine times out of ten. <laughs> And then you got it whenever I flub. I flub, immediately go, I'm doing that again. And Rick, a constant professional, completely stonewalling my buck up. Yeah, I'll just restart as if you've not, because, you know, that's how the episode's meant to flow. (laughs) And then I just burst into giggles, because I'm a child. (laughs) Man. Man, I actually got a um, a, t- a tweet recently for my voice work in a fox in space, and it's my first fan tweet. Yay! So I have my f- I have my first fan. Yay! <laughs> but yes, thank you all, everyone. Uh, if you made it this far, you are a favourite person, despite the fact that we know you probably won't make this- make it this far. But if you do, cool. See you later, everyone. Yeah, we all know you clicked off in ten minutes, but we love you anyway. Thanks for watching, guys. Keep yourself safe and keep yourselves happy. Bye.